emergencies. Our best defense has been social distancing. No handshaking, staying home when you're sick, washing your hands frequently. Did you wash your hands? Welcome to a special edition of Old Fashioned Health on The Real 1100. As we continue to deal with the coronavirus pandemic that has affected the world over, your hosts, Alvin and Edmund, will be joined by medical professionals that will keep you informed, safe, and healthy inside and out. And now, here are your hosts, Alvin and Edmund. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? This is Alvin. And Edmund. What's up, everybody? Here on the Old Fashioned Health Show. Good health inside and out. So how you doing, man? I'm doing good, bro. How you enjoying this liquid sunshine? I, I am enjoying it. But you know what's crazy? I realized today, since I've been on the air with you, mm. this is the first day on a Thursday and, oh, I think a Friday that it's actually rained and I have had, I've had to come to work in the rain. Oh, wow. You know, you, yeah. I think you're right about that. Because I noticed things a little differently today, but still had a great appreciation for it. But them, we still but, got the same energy. Yeah. I didn't even think, okay, yeah, you're right. Hmm. Yeah. So there's a couple of things in the news that I want to vet about and a couple of things I want to uh, acknowledge. Um, you know, Ruth Ginsburg, Ruth RBG, because I always pronounce her name yeah, wrong, yeah. Uh, passed away. Yeah, rest in peace. And uh, Dr. Hines yeah. is going to do a special tribute to her when she calls in okay. for her show today. That's awesome. Um, we got a great show. Uh, Dr. Alexander is going to talk about meditation. Yes, and, I'm excited uh, about that. Yeah, like, yeah. I've been waiting since he's last week yeah. on that one. Yep, so he's going to talk about that. And Dr. Sewell is going to talk about the effects of hate. Um, I think it's called Impact of Hate, but it's, it's centered around uh, hate, and she's going to educate us on that and that impact that it has on us right now let me talk about Breonna Taylor so today they came out with the verdict uh, I mean yesterday came out with the verdict saying that Breonna Taylor um, they didn't find the police officers guilty mm. of, of killing that girl some school of thought is that they walked in they they, they bust in with a no knock warrant the, the boyfriend thought it was a burglar or somebody breaking in, he starts to shoot. The police officer that broke in the door, no not warrant, started shooting back at him at the house and then killed her. Mm -hmm. The AG, which is a black guy, uh, when they took it to the courts or whatever, he claimed that the only thing that they could find was the guy, there was only one cop that actually got convicted of the crime at all. And that's only because his bullet went through Brianna's house and shot, I mean, it went through a white couple's house behind them. They found him guilty. Not the bullets that was in her house. Well, not that they found him guilty, but he, he's going to be charged with something. He's going to be charged with something. Well, guilty or charged with something, right? He's charged with something. But the guy, but the fact that that same bullet, there were some people that lived above her, there was a black family. None of them bullets, they, they, they didn't even mention the fact about that, that he was going to be charged with something. The other police officer didn't get charged at all. The other problem is that the whole reason for him going for this no-knock warrant, they're not investigating that. Why did you do this initially, which was wrong? And they don't want to acknowledge that it, all of the things that they said about the reason why they should go there was wrong and not accurate. So they hadn't even brought that. I'm going to say nothing about itself. that. itself. Right. None of that. They're not saying nothing about it. As a matter of fact, his, her attorney said they didn't even bring Breonna's name up in the charges at all. I didn't say nothing about Breonna at all. It wasn't a story that they, the, they were looking for somebody and he had already been detained? I didn't get that part of it. Yeah, know. like they, they went to that 
house looking for someone, mm -hmm. but the person they were looking for had already been arrested. And they never even lived at the house. Wasn't even at the house. It wasn't there. And so they trying to cover up their imp their imperfections in the first place. And then when they trying to charge somebody, they charged it, it. It was such an insult. They charged the police officer that shot in Brianna's house, and and the bullets went through a white couple's house behind her. But you ain't charging them with nothing about even. She was an innocent bystander. And in in Kentucky, there's a law about uh, for the police officers as far as shooting shooting and then an innocent bystander get hit. But they ain't saying nothing about that either. And so the people are just, it's like they have a set of laws for black people and a set of laws for white people. It's just like that, and it doesn't make any sense. And I'm going to tell y'all something. If you do not vote, if you do not vote this time, I'm telling you, Donald Trump even told, said the, uh, he bragged on the district attorney what he found, I mean, how he handled the whole case. That's not the district attorney. What's that guy named? Cameron is his name. Uh, attorney General. Attorney General. The black guy is Attorney General. And black he, guy. he might be on the short list to be the Supreme Court nominee that they're trying to push through before the election. <laughs> if Listen, I'm going to tell y'all something. All you <clears throat> all you fellas and young ladies out there from the ages of 18 and up that's old enough to vote, if you don't vote, and for all of, all of those that, that uh, if you're worried about a traffic violation and getting in trouble, mm -hmm. <clears throat> if Donald Trump has his way and these, 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 these laws are in place, we get pulled off for a simple ticket. It could go any kind of way, and you will be dead. Ain't nothing going to be done about it. Isn't that how it is kind of It's going to be worse. It's going to be dialed up. It's going to wow. be dialed up. You, um, and the, another thing, I got a call today from uh, someone that works at the post office. He said that the people are so worried about whether they vote, they, they ballots are actually going to be counted or not, or whether the mail people are going to actually deliver them or whether they're going to throw the mail away. Today, asking him on a regular basis, is my ballot gonna make it? Is my ballot? Are y'all gonna pick my ballot up and deliver it like you're supposed to? They they that worried about it because Fox News is on there trying to say that the ballots are not gonna be uh, that if you vote by mail and mm -hmm. all these different things, what could happen? Now I got now he has the people worried about if I vote by mail, what happened? And then people are scared to go vote uh, at the polls because of coronavirus yeah. that he won't seem to do nothing about. But what you can do is if you have your mail-in ballot, you can go turn it in. At right. the polling place. The you turn. don't have to mail it in. Yeah. Yep. So, Say that one more time so the listeners can hear you, because some if, people may not have been aware of that. If you requested a mail-in ballot mm -hmm. and you receive it, you fill it out, you can turn it in, take it to the polling place that you know you're assigned to, mm -hmm. and and hand hand it in to them. No, I didn't know that. Kind of, so, kind of like the mail situation where if you already have uh, pre-postage, you just come in and drop it. You don't have to wait in the long line in the post office. Right. Okay, yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah, that's that's good really good information to know and uh, to put out there and make people aware of. Yeah, I'm telling you, it is so important. If anybody can hear me, if you don't even believe in voting or anything like that, you can't be that naive to think if your vote don't count that they would make such an effort to keep you from voting if it didn't count. It it. Don't don't fall for that. Don't fall for these other conspiracy theories talking about anything crazy other than the fact that if you don't vote, you're going to end up back in jail, in jail or slavery or what, all, all three or above. Because Exercise not, your, your right to vote. It, they don't, they not even care. Donald Trump is trying to do everything he can to dis, to, de, to delegitimize the voting efforts. He's talking about not a peaceful transfer of power. But let me tell you, I would love to be on the Secret Service. And when they said he had lost... I would personally grab him by the collar, take him right on up out of there. Somewhere I got him. That man is, I've never seen that much evil at one time. And Mitch McConnell, and what's that other guy's name with the little chicken neck? Well, that's Mitch McConnell with the, with the chicken. chicken neck. Okay, what's the other one name? 
The other one with the less than the chicken neck. Uh, well, there's William Barr. That's what um, that is. Lindsey William Graham. Barr, Lindsey Graham. Lindsey, Lindsey Graham and William Barr. Mitch McConnell, y'all, I mean, I want them, they, them three right there, y'all, they got to go. And you may be, a, and this is the thing, if you, even if you're a Trump supporter, I want you to think about this. Just imagine if Donald Trump wins, just, just think about it for a minute, and then he gets to the point where he can control your right to speak or do what you want to do. You can't use social media. Make it like a dictatorship. So the pleasures you enjoy talk about me as a black man, you won't be able to get those if he chooses to tell you you can and can't do nothing. He want to control the media. Then you can't talk about me and I can't talk about you. He's kind of started in a way already. Yeah. For, you know, people who use TikTok. Yep. TikTok has been banned, but I feel like the only reason is because they were talking about it's him. from China. From China. So uh, that's and totally taken off of people. I think TikTok's now. still working. It's still working. It still works if you already have it. If you already have it. But you can't sign it. You can't lock. You right. Can't, wow. And and he was mad because uh, there's this group called Gen, Gen, Gen Zine, I think his name of They were the one that ordered all those tickets at the convention and then didn't go. And he was mad. So he so to the Trump support, I want y'all to think about it. It's gonna get to the point you can't even talk about me either. I can't talk about you. He's gonna control your rights like he's controlling mine. He's using you to get what he really wants and then gonna use it against you in the long run. Just telling you. At least vote for somebody that'll allow you to cuss me out when you want to. <laughs> I'm just telling you. All right, y'all. So I wanted to get that out. And uh again, I will be talking about voting. It's important. Please make sure you vote, take somebody with you so they can vote and get them to take somebody with them so they can vote. And then let's let's watch the fireworks. All right. All right, y'all, this is Alvin and Edwin here on the Old Fashioned Health Show on The Real 1100.
Rejuvenation for youthfulness and beauty is trending worldwide. People are getting laser hair removal, Botox, dermal fillers, skin brightening, tightening, lifting, and reshaping. SmartPlex ATL, a comprehensive medical spa located in East Cobb, 4799 Old Town Parkway. You can also visit us online at smartplexatl.com. Dr. Alexander and his team enjoy pampering you while you receive customized treatments in a beautiful, calming, zen-like atmosphere. SmartPlex ATL, we are your Hollywood destination for exciting, youthful rejuvenation. All right, all right, all right. We are back. This is Alvin. And Edmund. You're on the Old Fashioned Health Show. Dr. Alexander, you on the line? I am on the line. How are you gentlemen doing today? It's a lovely day. Yes, it is. What's going on, Doc? You know what? Uh, I'm sorry. I was a little bit late getting on, so I didn't hear you guys' conversation. I'm sure it was very interesting given all the events that have happened in America um, recently. So I'm I'm sure it was interesting. Yeah, we talked about Breonna Taylor, and we talked about voting. Wow. That, that, that's we talked, about, we talked about Mitch McConnell. We talked about, uh, I was on a rant today. <laughs> okay. We talked about William Barr. We talked about all those people, and, and, and I won't take up much of your time with it, but I did emphasize to the people, even the Trump supporters, that he's using them to form a dictatorship to take their rights away from them as well that they think they're going to have. That was it. Well, you know, it's, 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 it's really good that we're having this topic today. Um, you guys are going to ask me questions, and we're going to talk a little bit more about meditation. Mm-hmm. And, and what it really is, is um, I think that people have to get in tune with themselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I hate to say spiritual side because then people get scared. But, I mean, that's what we are. We're, we, we came here from nothing or from a source that we don't understand. And, and a lot of our progress and what we're able to do as, as people and how we treat each other is when we have that connection with other folks. And that connection is an energy. Yes, right. Uh, it's a, it's a it's a positive. It should be a positive energy, but as you can see, people can use negative energy to promote their um, their agendas as well. Right, and um, you know, positive energy can definitely move negative energy out of the way um, if it's harnessed and people start to to um, tap into it mm-hmm. in, a, in a together way. Um, and in a positive way, where we're trying to make some kind of progress, not in just randomness, you know. So what I'd like to see everyone doing is to really sit down and think about, okay, how do I expend my energy so that I'm going to get the most out of it um, and, and not be so random? Because when it's random, it's not directed, and you, you, you can't force it into any one area. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so this is what's really important, and, and I'd like to see people do that. Uh, one of the things that reminds me of is um, the, the great runner, uh, um, Usain Bolt. Okay. okay. And if you think about who Usain is uh, or when he was trying to break all those records, he had to have a very focused approach to his life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right? Mm-hmm be the fastest man in the world during that time do you think he could be now you know we saw him afterwards you know partying whatnot but do you think he was out drinking no no uh do you think that he actually had a focus on his diet yes yep okay what i'm getting at is this when we start talking about meditation 
meditation should be an add-on to something that you've already started, mm. the direction that you're going in. You have to choose the life you want to live first. And I know that's hard for a lot of people. Some people say, well, I don't know what I want to do, or there's so much oppression. But you have to try and find the happiness in your day-to-day life first, and then meditation enhances that. Mm-hmm. When we have a direction as to where we want to go in and we begin to meditate, then we begin to see with that third eye. There you go. Mm. We, be, we begin to see where the opposition is and how we deal with them. But when we're in randomness, we're just everywhere. We're chaotic, and we don't know how to focus our approach. Hussein, everything about him, his sleep, his awakeness, when he awoke in the morning, he had a plan for the day. When he sat down, he did visualization as to how he would go through his race. You see them going through it in their mind. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That is a form of focus and meditation as well. And those are the things that we should be trying to talk about now is how do we get that same kind of focus to get the things that we want out of life? Mm. And so that's why I'm glad this topic that we're having it today. Me too. Uh, Yeah. So I don't know if you have any questions. You guys want me to keep talking because I can just talk forever. Hey, bro, on keep, keep talking. Keep putting that information, that knowledge out there. Well, you, Doc, you know, uh, Edmund said when, he, when we came in, he was so excited about you doing this medication segment because he's been waiting on Meditation. Medic- what did I say? Medication. <laughs> it is medication for the, for the it, mind it and body. It is medication, right. You're trying to correct me. It is medication. It's just a different kind of medication. <laughs> well, normally you speak against that medication, but continue. And I do. You're right, right Doc. Go ahead. <laughs> but that, well, Well, let's think about the brain a little bit. You know, last week we talked a little bit about the types of waves. But if we really look at it, and and so many of us don't really want to sit down, spend time trying to figure out who we are and how we function. Mm -hmm. And there's no way that we will know, you know, no matter how long we live on this earth, all of the inner workings of how, you know, God put this thing together. However, um, we can get a better understanding so that we can make it more useful and, and it is something that we're able to utilize to move us in a direction that allows us to be able to get some of the things we want out of this life. And, uh, you know, one is we, we do want to have some level of enjoyment, right. some level of peace. Mm-hmm. Well, how do we deal with the brain? Well, the brain, if you think about it, it's all nothing but energy, right? Right. And vibrational states. That's what it is. It's a vibrational energy. And if we think about the fact that during different parts of the night, as scientists, they can now measure what your energy is doing. And what I want people to realize is that whether you're sleeping or whether you're meditating or whether you're doing prayer or you're doing focused awareness, your brain never shuts down. It never stops functioning. It's always on some level of vibrational state where energy is going through it. Mm-hmm. When we go through a very deep sleep, that's when our body's going through repair. Even during that repair stage, the brain is still on and functioning. It's actually being cleansed during that time. So mm-hmm. there are, just like you, you want to do a, a bowel cleanse, mm-hmm. when you're in deep sleep, that's when these cells called astrocytes actually come, they start to, to uh, turn on, and they cleanse the toxins out of the brain. Wow. So when you don't sleep well, you not only find this fatigue because the energy is not honed correctly, but you also have these toxins that are building up that so, makes you even feel more disjointed from the rest of the world. 
So let me ask you a question, Doc. So when we in here talking about how we work in 12 hours and so forth and so on, we really hurting ourselves when we don't get the appropriate sleep. Is that what you're saying? You're absolutely hurting yourself. And if you're working at a level where it's stressful, where you don't sit down for a minute and um, refocus yourself, then you're doing even more harm because all you're doing is creating more free radicals and more stress. And what we should be doing is managing our world as a, uh, instead of the world managing us. Mm. We should be managing our world. And, and meditation is one of those things. One of the, the, the other brain states that we talked about, so we talked about delta waves, right? We also talked about alpha waves. Alpha waves is just when you wake up in the morning, and the alpha waves uh, is your creative wave. So during that time when you first wake up in the morning, your body is in this very, very creative state and is very vulnerable. If you start grabbing your phone or you grab some negative things, you know, you grab a letter that was, uh, you know, telling you some bad news, or you start thinking about things that are very, very negative, then it sets the tone for the rest of the day. Yes. You're right about that, Doc. It does. I've, I've been a victim of that, actually. Yeah, so what we want to do is during that first hour when we wake up, um, showering is really important because showering uh, and letting the water roll over your head. And I know women can't do that every morning because, you know, you don't want the water to roll in your hair because, you know, your hair is wet, etc. But, you know, when you can, at least let it run all over your neck and, and over your body, nice warm water. It also relaxes you and puts you in what they call a theta state. And the theta is your most creative state. Mm-hmm. Okay. You also get in that theta state when you meditate. So meditation is not where you're trying to just shut the whole world out and you have no activity of the brain. It's where the brain goes into a different state of being, a different state of relaxation. And that's different than if you're doing prayer, because prayer is active, where you're actually talking to yourself. As a matter of fact, reflection is a, a, is a very important part uh, of, of the, your day as well. When you sit down and you reflect and you actually talk to yourself mm. and try to find out who you are in a very quiet place with no external... Um, speak on it, Doc. Go on ahead. Speak on it. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just had... I didn't want to interrupt you, but I had to let it out. That's what's going on here in the studio. Keep speaking on it. Go ahead. No, I, I, I want you guys to interject because all we're doing now is we're just... We're supposed to be having a conversation and it's, it's me talking again because I got such a loud mouth, but... Um, well, let me, ju- let me jump in there. First of all, I want yeah, to, you know, first of all, I appreciate this conversation. And, and secondly... Everything you're saying, man, I just I'm, I'm glad that you're saying it because you try, um, to, embr- you try to embrace that. Well, it's it's in my lifestyle right now already. OK, you know, what I'm saying it's just that those that will listen, I will, you know, give them what works for me and what I do, mm-hmm. you know, or even just vocalize every now and then what I do to keep me in my spirit and my energy or what I need. If you choose to practice it, cool. And if you don't, that's so fine. what Doc is talking about exactly how you do what you do. All even to the shower, man. When I when I take it, that's where I I feel that I first really uh, was able to engage in a a, a meditation uh, uh, state because in the shower I'm I'm at peace. I'm away from everything, yeah. everybody. I hear nothing but the water, um, and that's a, a opportunity for. That was I used to do prayer in there too. Right, you know what I'm saying? Right, but that's just my moment to just block out everything, all sounds away from everything, and the only sound is the of the water, and and that can be a form of you know nature or whatever. But anyway, everything Doc is saying, like I'm, I'm man, thumbs up on this side with that. Even I did have a question in regards to the um, 
managing our world element where um, my co-host, he asked about the 12 hours we work, the sleep, the 12 hours. Well, my, my question was just a little different, you know, and I'm, I'm not trying to speak for the both of us just from my perspective. But in the sense of a lot of times we'll interject or, or use the word work versus creating or mm. or, or, or or managing. Um, I think some people can take that depending on, on where you are. When you hear work, you think, okay, nine to five, clock in, got to do this, get this done, get that done. A lot of times when I know for me, when I'm saying getting things done, it's, it's, it's um, the project itself, you know, but it's, it's a, it's a, it's a powered energy. I don't, I don't know if that makes what, sense. Okay. Here's the question I have. If that's, so I think it's the same thing. Maybe what you're trying to say, doc. So let me ask you the question like this is working uh, if you have a passion for something you're doing and you're in that state of mind and doing it and it feels good, is that the same thing as a meditative state or do you need to do what you're doing and then at some point put it down and do a different type of state of mind? Well, again, there's different ways that the brain is, is dealing with. Mm -hmm. And so what we're always trying to do is, you know, the universe has all the answers for everything that we're trying to do. It's, mm -hmm. it's out there, okay? Mm -hmm. And, and our job is to figure out a way to tap into it. Yes. Uh, sometimes you work so hard at something that, you know, it, it, it exhausts you. But then when you finally relax, like a lot of people, it, not everyone, but a lot of people actually will get the answer to their problem while they sleep. Say it one more time, Doc. I, 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 my headset was off for just a little bit. Can you say that one more time? Because I, I, I heard you, but I want to hear you again. Yeah, my a lot of people, they work so hard, you know, at, at trying to get the answer to something that they actually will get the answer in their sleep. Mm -hmm. Okay? And so there's different, and, and, and the reason that that happens is the mind finally calms down enough to allow it to be able to, and I hate to say this because now people are going to think that I'm really out there somewhere, but it begins to, to travel mm -hmm. to where the answers are in this universe. Mm -hmm. You know, I happen to believe that God kind of set up all, everything that is that, that man wants to do and know about, okay? He put it into some kind of answer box somewhere. Mm -hmm. And you have to be focused enough on it. It has to be enough of a passion for you to be able to tap into that in order to be able to get that answer. Mm -hmm. it, and you, you find that sometimes when you're really concentrating on something, that it almost manifests. Yes. Like you'll open up a book to the page that you really needed. Um, you'll, you know, you're, you're sitting there and all of a sudden you look at something strangely and you go, there's the answer to what I was looking for the whole time. It comes to you. Yes. So you do have to focus. And what happens is it has something to do with these brain waves getting on the right vibrational state, the energy of the body being focused. You can find the answers. And just like, we can do it with, with making something or trying to develop something. We can do the same thing in bringing people over to where we're at mm -hmm. to get them to understand. Because right now, there's a vibrational state that's taking people away from us. Yes, that's making them to hate, to do harm, to be able to, to, to think that people are so much different than them that they need to fear. Mm -hmm. But there is a state, and, and I'm not saying that we have to bow to anybody. That's not, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying that there is a way that if we collectively start to come together instead of individually and fragmented, mm -hmm. that through the prayer and meditation and the reflection 
first we have to know who we are because a lot of people will go out there and you ask them, well, what are you, what are you fighting for? Hmm. Well, I'm fighting because Brianna got shot. Was well, that right, really what you're fighting for? Right. You know, I, I hate that Brianna got shot. I hate that instance. But, but where's the fight? Because Brianna's dead. She can't feel this anymore. The fight is so that people change their mentality about what they think about other human beings. Yeah. And so you have to know who you are. First, you've got to cleanse your spirit so that you don't have the same kind of bad energy that if you get into a position where you can do that, you're not going to shoot somebody out too, or you're not going to take something from your own people. See, those same people that are taking from the people of their own race can't be out there saying somebody else can't take from us. Hmm. We all have to have a collective mind that, you know what, as human beings, we demand to be respected by every other human being. Yes. Not just by, by every other human being, because we all count. And that is the energy that God put here for us. And we need to sit down one and reflect on who we are. Number one, reflect every day. Who are you? What are you about? What do you want in life? What do you want for other people? What do you want for Brianna's family and everybody else that's out there who are getting these no-knock warrants and people just running in there with guns and stuff? You know, how can it be that because somebody shot into a white person's house, but they, they were charged for that, but they weren't charged for shooting down the person in their home who had nothing to do with it? Yes. I understand this, but but we can try to channel that energy so that we start to move it in the right direction and move those people out. Yes, the first thing we have to do is collectively say, you know what, we need to vote. Number one, but number one, we got to say, it's not just wrong, but why is it wrong? Mm. Why is it wrong? So let's get an awareness. Okay. Let's start to reflect. Let's start to pray. And as we meditate, meditation is a state where you calm your mind so that it's open to the universe around you. Reflection is where you're actually getting into yourself mm -hmm. and you're trying to figure out what's going on. And awareness is where you are aware of not only what you are, but what everybody else is and what you mean to each other. Okay. Doc, see, now we're going to have a part three of this meditation thing because <laughs> I know where my co-host was going, um, but we got Dr. Hines on the other line. And when yep. you come back, what, what, so next week, we're going to do part three and some. So whatever your next topic is going to be, have to be incorporated with this meditation. Because I got a question to ask you about the meditation. Uh, so my question you can answer next week. The fact that we still work a lot, I don't want work. For myself, I try not to make it so that I enjoy. You know I enjoy what I do. But I right. try to make sure what I do doesn't stop me from spending time with just listening to what God has to say to me. Because sometimes I can get so worked up with working and doing and doing and doing until I'm so exhausted with just when you enjoy what you're doing, you don't get tired until you get tired. You see what I'm saying? We just keep working yeah. like, cause I'm enjoying, I'm watching what I'm doing and it's, it's my passion. So you don't really realize you've worked 15 hours or 12 hours until you just tired at that point. But in order for me to stop to hear what God has for me to say, has for me to do other than old fashioned have kids or chefs, home based market, all those kind of things, I have to stop and meditate and hear something else other than my world. Does that make sense? So that's from, trying, that's from where I'm trying to make sure I be able to appreciate meditation and let it be meditation and not it be meditation plus all the other things that I'm doing because I can't hear God if everything I'm doing for me to enjoy meditation is only what I enjoy doing. 
Does that make sense? Well, let's, let's talk about that. We'll talk about how all those things and, and the differences between them next time. We'll really get into it uh-huh. and how you do it. And then okay. we'll have somebody and we'll actually practice it. So okay. uh, let's see if we can do that in 15 minutes next week. All right. Okay. Let's do it, Doc. All right, Doc. All right. Thank you so much. Have a good one. All right, y'all. When we come back, we're going to have a special message from Dr. Hines. She's going to talk about RBG and she's going to talk about medical finance. She had a great show on the radio today. She's telling me how to, uh, she's teaching us some little tips on how she's saving her millions and telling uh-huh. how to take some tax breaks. I'll get to her in a minute. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back. All right. Hi, I'm Dr. Carissa Hines of Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa, and I'm here to help you make sense of medicine. Join me every Thursday at 11 a.m. for clear, informative conversations about health issues. Don't be intimidated by fancy medical speak. Tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. to learn what questions to ask your doctor about your medical conditions. Call me and let's talk about your health. Tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. on Real 1100 a.m. You can also call in at 404-603-8770 with your medical questions. All right, y'all. <laughs> We're back. Uh, so we have Dr. Hines on the line. Doc, how you doing? Hello, hello, hello. I'm doing well. How are you all doing? Hey, lady. Doing great. Doing, well. doing great. Hey, I told them how good your show was today. You was getting them tips on how to ship your money to the Cayman Islands and be able to take yeah, them tax Yeah, breaks. yeah. You know, I, I I don't have that kind of money. So <laughs> you never you never know how the wind of fortune will blow your way. Hey, you know man. Exactly. So you man. Prepared, you know? Speaking into existence. It was a really good show, Doc. Thank you so much for that show. I was Thank listening to you. it. I was like, oh, you asked some great questions. It was really good. I mean, we got to listen. If you want to hear it again, um, of course, you can go to her podcast. Okay. But it was teaching some great tax breaks that I just wasn't even aware of, thinking about stuff. even asking. Yeah, okay. Doc had some good questions, Doc. That was good. So what? So now let me ask you, Alvin, so what things stood out for you that so, you learned today? So, you know, I used to think that you could take your money and uh, offshore type invest, put it somewhere and get some mm-hmm. tax breaks from it. But mm-hmm. Dr. Hines made it clear, like, I don't think they really actually exist. You remember you saw something on the internet right. you said you saw? That well, don't actually exist. Yeah. Well, you know, and I see, and I get this idea from the movies. You Me know, too. That's where I got it from. You know, about these, you know, mega rich people, and they have all of this money in these offshore accounts in the Caribbean, and, you know, that's how they're siphoning money away and not paying taxes and all of this other kind of stuff. So, you know, I always thought that this was something that was made up, but I learned today this is actually true. Mm-hmm. That you can do that. However, because Uncle Sam is diligent, if nothing else, um, if you, it, it all depends on what you do with that money and how you use that money right. in an offshore account. Mm-hmm. So the minute you attempt to bring that money back into the United States, so let's say you have put money in this offshore account for 10 years and it's grown and grown and grown, and you say, okay, I'm ready to retire, I'm going to tap into my Cayman Islands, uh, you know, account Mm -hmm. and live well in the United States. Not so fast. That's right. No, you won't. The minute you try to bring that money back into the United States for you, Uncle Sam will be there to say, hey, (laughs) not so fast. At the airport waiting on you. (laughs) I need need my cut. Right. And I I didn't know that either. So I learned two things, that these things actually do exist. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you are going to, to do that, it's not a bad idea to have a retirement plan that includes moving to that island and living there because as long as you use the money there, you're good. You're good. 
Oh, you know what else I learned too, Doc, that I have to remind myself of, and Edmund, I know we both have to deal with this, is keeping up with receipts. Listen. My thing is I keep the receipts. Like I, I keep all of my receipts. Matter of fact, too many. And then what happens is after keeping them for so long, they kind of like disappear. I know, crazy. right? Like we, the, the yep. ink or something. But there's a filing over. system Doc was talking about today. Okay. Doc, tell us about it. Yeah. So there are a lot of things. So basically, um, Mr. Brian Ford from Northwestern Mutual um, was saying that basically, you know, there are all kinds of systems that you can use to keep up with receipts. Mm-hmm. But the best system is going to be the one that you're actually going to use. There you go. Yeah, the one you're going to really <laughs> yeah. use. The yeah. one you really yeah. practice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so, so in that regard, you know, there really isn't a one that is best. There is more so a, a system that is best for you. That you're gonna use. So if you are a receipt in an envelope person, yes. then that's going to be your system. You can do that consistently. Then that is going to be the best system for you. If you are, you know, more technologically driven and you want to use one of the apps, like there are apps where you can take pictures of your receipts or scan them in in some way with your phone, your smartphone. Um, let, let me ask and, you this. You know, and, have them, and have them stored there. You know, you can do that too. Let me ask you this. So, so yeah. I know, again, I keep saying, that, like when I keep my receipts in envelope, by the time I open up the ink and fade it away. So yeah. I, I got the same yep. problem he got. But let me ask you this. What about, did he mention anything? I missed this part about if I use my debit card or my credit card, can I use those? I can was I go just back about and, to say. And, and pull those? Yeah. So it all depends on um, what kind of credit card and debit card you have and what you use that card for. So if you have a card that is strictly for business and you use it strictly for business funds, mm-hmm. you know, to do your business activity, that's a great way because you have the statements. And so, you know, you can provide those statements to your accountant and can go through and itemize in that way. However, if you are using your personal funds for business expenses, um, that gets a little bit tricky in terms mm-hmm. of using just your statement because it's a thing called co-mingling of funds. Yes. Where you are mingling your personal money and your business's money all in together, and that is a big, big, big no-no. Mm. So what about so, the thought that uh, I thought when you were S corporation, the business and yourself share in the same losses as you do the profits? That's on your tax return. Mm, but not what has nothing to do with So the, there's a difference in the banking part of it, the spending part of it, mm-hmm. and then how you file that. Um, and then it all depends on, like I said, it depends on how you itemize um, these things and what things. And that's why it's good to have a tax professional or a wealth management professional as a part of your team because they can tell you what you can itemize and what you cannot itemize. Um, you know, one point that Mr. Ford brought up today was about a home office, um, you know, because he was saying, you know, if you have a separate space, an office that you use, you know, then, of course, all of the expenses related to that. So, for example, if you rent space um, in an office building, then all of the expenses that go along with that are probably itemizable and therefore tax deductible. Um, however, the IRS has different rules if you use a home office. Um, you know, and I'm not going to go into the specifics of what those are because they always change. And, you know, they they may apply differently depending on, you know, where you are and what kind of business you have. But that's definitely something to talk with your with your tax um, person about 
um, especially now in these COVID times, mm-hmm. that, you know, a lot of people are working from home. So you are using your home's internet to get online that, you know, you have to pay for, you know, so how does that, how does that work in terms of, can I deduct a, a part of my cable bill or, you know, my, my mm-hmm. um, internet Power bill? Power bill. Because, because <laughs> I'm using so much of it for work. That's a great question. Right. Um, and, and I don't know what the answer to that is. Um, or what portion of your bill can you deduct? You know, so those are all those when you get into the weeds of that kind of thing. You know, those are all great questions to ask your tax mm-hmm. professionals, um, you know, what you can do. Um, one of the things that, that I loved about today's segment, um, and I mentioned this, you know, is that a lot of the times when we talk about wealth building, mm-hmm. um, we think about people that are super duper rich and this is what they do. And, you know, the thought can be that this doesn't apply to me because I just work a regular job. Maybe I'm working paycheck to paycheck. You know, that maybe that's how I'm living. Mm-hmm. Um, and so these types of planning strategies do not and cannot apply to me. And that, that's incorrect. Um, so, you know, anybody can take advantage of um, deferring or delaying or reducing, I guess I should say, um, your income tax burden, mm-hmm. um, you know, either by participating in, you know, your, your, your 401k, if that is, uh, or 403b, depending on which sector, if you work in the private sector or public sector, um, but they're both, the, they're the same thing, um, you know, taking advantage of that at your job, because that is what we call pre-tax dollars. So those, that money comes out before you get your money. Mm-hmm. And so what it does, it reduces the amount of money on paper that you earn that is taxed by the IRS. Hmm. Okay. So you can reduce your tax bill. Um, and that works if you are employed with the 401k or 403b. Um, but also if you are self-employed, um, there are vehicles for that as well that can give you, um, you know, that, that tax benefit. Um, we talked about real estate is a great venue for reducing your tax burden. Um, and that is the one thing or one of the things, I guess I would say, that is a consistent from administration to administration, that is a consistent deduction um, that, you know, that you can you can use. So if you have rental property, um, like a duplex, like you made. The like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I wish I wish I wish I wish I had really, really I had known that and had thought about that and had actually done that, um, yeah. you know, way back when. Because, like, with the example that we gave with a duplex, so you have bought a house, so you have a mortgage, so you have that mortgage interest is is deductible for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but then how you really would save is because you rent out the other side, that rent may be what pays your total mortgage. That's right. At least part of so it that, anyway. Right. So that's more money back into your pocket. So you're winning on both ends of the coin. Yeah. You know, so you're you're winning on the tax part of it, but then you're also winning month to month because this is money that you aren't putting out um, or as much money that you aren't putting out towards paying your mortgage. No, but, no. you know, everything has some responsibility with it, too. So it's not all we're just going to just say, you know, it's just going to be raining, raining money, you know, right, from right. heaven <laughs> um, because that's not how it works. Nope. Um, but again, you know. Do take advantage, no matter how much money you earn, no matter how young you are. And that was one of the things that I had shared on multiple times um, with, with Mr. Ford, 
that as a younger person, I really wish that I had been a lot more aggressive in thinking about my retirement. Well, Doc, I mean, I think, I think, uh, um, and then we're going to get to your dedication to, uh, before we run out of time, but you, I, yes. I, I think that is not too late because, you know, we got it's a lot never of people. Too late. Yeah, you got a lot of people dealing with COVID, have lost their jobs, having to start all back over again as yes. though they were just starting in the world all over. So any yes. day is on time, but it's y'all want to hear the rest late. of it? It's never too late. Please listen to Dr. Uh, Dr. Hines' podcast. It's really, really good to go to Old Fashioned Health Network to listen to it now. Dr. Hine had a special, dedi- yeah. special dedication to RBG. I would not dare to produce, pronounce this lady's name because I always mess up. <laughs> it's a tongue twister. And let me tell you, Dr. Hines had a special tribute that I did see on her Instagram, a dedication to Doc, uh, to uh, Ruth, RBG. And it was a form of a, it was a beautiful glass, and I'm going to leave it at that. So, Doc, go ahead on to your dedication yeah. now. <laughs> Um, so, um, as we all know, um, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, passed away this past week. She died this past Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was the second woman to be appointed to the Supreme Court um, of the United States, second behind Sandra Day O'Connor. So, you know, and she, if you don't know about her, you know, I encourage, I'm going to tell you a little bit, so hopefully I have a little bit of time um, to do that. But, um, you know, do read up on her, just an incredible story, an incredible life. Um, and just really doing things that benefited not just women, but people as a whole. So getting started with her. So Ruth Bader was born in 1933 in Brooklyn, New York. So that's her tie when they talk about her being the notorious RBG, mm-hmm. um, you know, the link to the notorious B.I.G. Both right. of them are Brooklynites. Hmm. Um, and, and she later, you know, she embraced that and she was like, yeah, you know, we're both from Brooklyn. You know, we have a lot in common, which is kind of funny because, you know, she is <laughs> older Jewish Jewish lady, right. and, you know, we know who um, who B.I.G. was. Right. So, you know, being born in that time, she probably um, was expected to live an ordinary life for a woman of that time, right? right? So she was going to be educated to a point. She was supposed to aspire to be married and to be a mother. And the end, that's it, right? right. She had a different, she had a different, way different life. Um, so shortly before her mother passed away, when Ruth was about 17, she gave her this advice. Um, she, Ruth says, my mother told me to be a lady, and for her that meant to be your own person and be independent. So after graduating from high school, she went on to earn her bachelor's degree from Cornell University, at, during which time she met and married Martin Ginsburg, her husband, um, and shortly after that became a mother. So, despite being a young mother, um, she enrolled at Harvard Law School, where she was one of only a few women in her class, and um, talk about pivotal points in life. Um, it's noted that the female students would have a dinner with the dean, and the dean asked her, um, why are you here at Harvard Law School taking up a place that a man should have? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Right. Um <laughs> So here, here is this person, you know, so during her time at Harvard, her husband also was at Harvard Law. He became ill. So just to show you how just, just bad this chick was, right? So she's in law school, married, has a young baby. Her husband is sick. She's taking his classes and her classes. Wow. And managing life at home, Okay. And, you know, and I know women that, that know women 
who do all of these incredible things. So this really isn't shocking for us, right? It's for the women, like, yeah, this is what we do. We handle business. If that's what we have to do. And Ruth most certainly was no exception to that. So she uh, transferred to Columbia Law School because her husband was a couple of years older than her, and he got a job in New York, so she transferred. And she graduated first in her class mm. after all of this, wow. right? Wow. So this is where her story really, really gets interesting. So she graduated from, from, you know, from Columbia, top in her class. She can't get a job. No firm in New York City would hire her simply because she was a woman. Now, she had faced this before where um, during the time before law school, between college and law school, she worked for the Social Security Administration, and she actually was demoted because she got pregnant. Mm. wasn't that she was incapable of doing her job or anything like that. So that's like the second pivotal point where you can see how that formed what she would later become on the Supreme Court. Um, So she graduates. She can't get a job. She tried to get this clerkship at the Supreme Court. But again, because she was a woman, she was rejected for that job. Mm. So that pivoted her to go into academia. So she was a law professor at Rutgers and at Columbia Law School. And she also worked for the American Civil Liberties Union, the ACLU. And this is where she really, really did a lot of the pivotal work that, that is responsible for paving the way for women's rights. Um, she won about five of the six, she won five of the six cases that she argued before the Supreme Court, which is amazing. That's mm-hmm. an incredible record. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were, um, she was an advocate, or a very strong advocate for gender equality and also for women's rights, because she also argued on the gender equality side, she argued on behalf of men because sometimes the men were discriminated against um, because they were men, which is kind of weird, and right. you just don't think about that kind of thing happening. Right. Um, so going further in her career, in 1980, she was appointed to the federal bench, Brent, bench excuse me, by uh, President Jimmy Carter and served in the U.S. Court of Appeals uh, in the District of Columbia Circuit. And she stayed there until she was tapped by President Bill Clinton in 1993, becoming only the second woman to serve as a justice on the Supreme Court of the United States. Yep. So when we talk about all the things that you can do because of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, um, and, you know, as I said on the show earlier this morning, you know, a lot of these privileges and rights that we have, we really just don't realize who is responsible for, for making that possible for us. Exactly. Um, and so we always have to reach back into history to, you know, to kind of bring that back and really kind of keep that in focus. So I'm just going to read a quick list here. Um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was a leading force in securing women's rights to obtain a mortgage without a male co-signer, open a checking account without a male co-signer, start a business without a male co-signer, get a credit card without a male co-signer, get a business loan without a male co-signer, obtain a job without gender-based discrimination, obtain or retain employment while pregnant, obtain birth control without having to obtain your husband's permission, not be forced to provide proof of sterilization in order to obtain or retain employment, have pension benefits equal to your male co-workers because women used to have to pay more for their pension plans mm-hmm. than men, even though they work the same job. 
uh, and equal consideration to be executors of their children's estate. Um, there also was a, a case that she was a part of that argued the drinking age because there was a point in time where the drinking age for women was higher than the legal drinking age for men. Mm-hmm. So just all of these things that is just, you know, it's, it's absurd to even consider that I can't go to the bank and open an account with my own money that I worked for without my husband saying that it's okay. Right. But this was, you know, this was a real reality here in these United States of America for women from coast to coast. No matter your, you know, no matter your race, creed, color, this is this is what we live in, and this is her legacy. And and I just think that it was just an incredible life lived, and I am thankful um, that she has allowed us to stand on her tiny, tiny little shoulders. Um, but tiny shoulders or not, she most certainly, I would say, was, but she is a giant. Um, and, and will be remembered as such always. And so thank you so much for giving me a little extra time to talk about RBG, um, and may she rest in peace. Yes, thank you so much, Doc. We really appreciate that. I think I thank you thank for you. Ever, uh, putting that on your list to do. So thank you so much, and thank you for all that you do. And you well, have we have to, well, we have to take time to, to acknowledge the giants that walk amongst us. That's exactly because, right. Because they are there. Yep. They yep. are there, and they are worthy. But you guys have a great week. I look forward already to talking to y'all next week. Yes. Look forward to talking Likewise. to you. All right. Thank you. Have a great one. All righty. Have a great one. Bye. All right, y'all. That was Dr. Hines giving a dedication to RBG. You know, and just wrap your head around the thing. Just think about our mothers could not open up a bank account unless her husband said it was okay. And what if your mother wasn't married? Well, she wow. couldn't open up a bank account. Wow. Just think about that for a minute. If you, if it wasn't for her, the things that our mothers and sisters are able to do would not even be possible. And she didn't. It didn't matter whether he's black or white. Women, even this just happened since she been since Jimmy Carter time. Since Jimmy Carter. Now you, all of us, are old enough to know who Jimmy Carter mm-hmm. is. So without these things, my mother would not have been able to open up a bank account. Wouldn't been able to get a car without a cosigner of a man. Therefore, she couldn't start a business. Therefore, she couldn't start a business. So, and Ruth didn't care about the or black. Or run a household. Or run yeah. a household. She didn't care about the woman to... was black or white. She said, yeah. women should have these rights just like men. And you know what's crazy? And we're going to play Edmund's song, and then we're going to come back, because Dr. Dr. Sewell is going to call in after four. Um, the thing about it is, is that um, with the rights that women have now, they are about to lose them if Donald Trump has his way. Because the women's right to be able to do what they want to do, make a decision on their own is about to be taken away from. That's the reason why I just hope that the women will wake up and see the loss that they could share in. If we continue with the president that we have now, they already don't hardly respect women like they should, you know, but anyway, that's another story. So uh, we're going to listen to Edmund's son that he's already picked out. He's way ahead of the game already. Uh, Which I'm, is a, this is a random one now. I just pulled this one just it's, it's from gonna somewhere. Be good. Like, I know it's oh, going to yeah, be good. Yeah, we're going to yeah. listen to him. Then we're going to take a commercial break. Then we're going to come back and get Doctor uh, Doctor Sewell. All right, we'll All be right. right back. This is Alvin and Edmund on the Real Eleven Hundred. So what are you doing back? Well, I sat back and thought about the things we used to do. It really meant a lot to me. You mean a lot to me. I really mean that much to you? Girl, you know it's true.
The opinions expressed during the sponsored programs on this station are strictly those of the program hosts, guests, and callers and are not necessarily those of Beasley Broadcast Group, this station, its staff, other advertisers, or agencies. This is fashion designer Edmund Newton. I'd like to tell you about Enmask.com. Enmask.com is my only source for non-surgical cloth masks. I've teamed up with Enmask.com to create and design a collection of limited edition masks. These masks are washable, reusable, breathable, and most importantly, fashionable. Shop online now at Enmask.com. That's E-N-M-A-S-K-S.com for quality masks made in America. All right, y'all. We are back. This is Alvin and Edmund here on the Old Fashioned Health Show. We have Doctor Sewell on the line. Doc, how you doing? What's up, Doc? I am doing well. How are you guys doing? Doing well on this rainy <laughs> Thursday. Thought we'd bring you in with a little Anita Baker. Nita, oh, the songstress. That's, that's Mr. Edmund's lady right there. Yeah, my, yes. my second second since I have to have uh, a number one and a two share, but we know who that number one is. Whitney Houston. <laughs> Whitney Houston. It's Whitney. Uh, yeah. It's Whitney. Yeah, we Whitney. had to share Nippy. her. <laughs> we had to share her. That, that was the voice now when she was at her prime. She was at her prime. She yes. has a song. It, it didn't, it's not as popular as the rest of them, but it, she has a song that's called Don't Cry For Me. And oh my God, when you see her sing it live, they still have a video uh, stream of it live. She sang it at a benefit. We talking about Whitney. It was, it was phenomenal. We I mean, it was phenomenal. And it's, much energy as she had, she always stayed poised. I'm, I'm, always stayed poised. I'm gonna look that up on my way home. And, and that's to Whitney, it. right? Don't cry for me. That, that's Whitney. Mm-hmm. Okay. Don't cry for me, Whitney. We're gonna find that so we can play it after your after your segment. The live version. <laughs> the live, the live version. We're gonna go live on the radio with the live version. Yep. <laughs> Doc, you know what? Uh, your your topic is like so so needed today. I just want you to go on and do your thing. All right. So I'm doing a a topic on the impact of hate. And so, you know, I I was actually supposed to do it a few weeks ago. And, you know, I, I, you know, you allowed me to talk about something else. Um, And also I will probably be posting a show on my uh, meditative messages and compelling conversations that's entitled the uh, politics of hate. I'll probably be posting that on Sunday, which will be a little bit different, but it kind of ties into this. So one of the reasons that I wanted to, talk about the impact of hate is because it's a lot of that right now. Um, you know, initially a few shows ago, I talked about the difference between anger and hate and how if you can, if a person continued to be angry at certain things, it could easily turn or transpire into hate. And I really think that's where we've gotten at this point. Okay. Um, I kind of saw it going that way, but it's becoming more and more apparent. And while one side wants to blame the other side, it's both sides. 
and and there is a lot of hate. And so what I wanted to do was talk about the impact that that has on you. Now, we can look at everything that's going on in, in the political arena right now that's inclusive of what was just handed down um, in, in the uh, Breonna Taylor case. Mm-hmm. So we can look at those things, but also I want people to look at themselves as well, because a lot of people were full of hatred well before all of this came to fruition. You're right about that. Mm. You sure okay. right, um, So, you know, and I talk about when we look at hate, we're talking about an intense or passionate dislike of, of something or someone. Um, to me, there are two types of hatred or two types of hate. You have self-hatred, which I'll talk about in another show, because I see a lot of that with minorities. Mm. Um, whether the minority is a person of color, whether it is a female, whether it's LGBTQIA, whatever it is, I see it, I see it a lot um, in minorities. But it's too, you have the self-hatred. That's when it's an intense dislike for oneself, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. Now, that intense dislike for yourself can actually lead to hating others, okay? Because you're projecting how you feel about yourself on other people. Mm-hmm. And then you have the other hatred that just starts out as a hatred towards others, and that's, one of, that's, that's really what I want to focus on today. Mm-hmm. So one of the articles I was reading, and I, and I do believe this, it says that research has shown that it's easier to hate a group of people than it is to, to hate one individual or to hate an, an individual. Mm-hmm. And the reason is, it seems to be easier to hate a group of people is because it's easier to dehumanize them. Mm-hmm. You don't really have to personalize them because you don't, you don't know everyone in that group. See, if I'm dealing with an individual, if I'm dealing with a family member, or I'm dealing with a longtime friend, then it's, it's more difficult to hate because I have to humanize them. I have to understand that they have vulnerabilities. I have to understand what their background is or their history. I have to understand that they really are—they really don't mean that they're having a bad day. See, if I can hate a people group of people collectively, I can do it from a distance. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, that hatred is based in in stereotypes. Um, in many instances, is based in feeling as though you have been the victim for an extended period of time. And it can be based in blaming other people for where you are in life right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, can be, it can be based and rooted in other things, such as being a jealous person. It can be rooted in a number of things, and it can be rooted in all of those. Now, here's what people don't really understand about hate. And I'm going to do, you know, I'll do my scholastic part first. Um, and then, yes, Alvin, I am going to slip into Donna. As long as I don't slip in, as long as I don't slip into D, you don't have to worry about bleeping Uh-oh. anything out. Oh, that's okay. another one. So that's another third. Pre- you didn't tell us about D. Does I, it come I with two? Nobody, nobody wants to see D. Does she come with two cues of ice and a glass? <laughs> so, here, so we're looking at the actors. So here's what a lot of people don't know about hate. So hate triggers a lot of things in, in you know, in in your brain, mm-hmm. uh, as a result, when it triggers certain chemicals in your brain, then it will lead you to the fight or flight response. Mm-hmm. So that fight or flight response then increases, has a tendency to increase cortisol and adrenaline. Both of these hormones can deplete, can be depleted, and the, and, and this, this increase in the cortisol and the adrenaline begins to deplete. And as a result, what happens is that hate can lead you to weight gain, insomnia, anxiety, depression, and chronic illness. Mm-hmm. Okay, 
hate also triggers the mind in the sense of generally when you hate someone, let me say a lot of times when you hate someone or an entity or a group of people, you're looking at them because you want to, you wish you could harm them in some form or fashion, not necessarily physically, Mm -hmm. but you wish that you could get back at them for something. So you want some kind of vengeance or revenge and or, or perceived revenge and or, what you're 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 always looking around, or as they say, sometimes you always got your head on a swivel because you're expecting them to come at you at some point. Mm-hmm. This person or this group of people, whether this group of people is through the government, or whether this group of people, or whether this person is somebody in your family. So we can do macro or micro; it doesn't matter. You you're always waiting for the other shoe to drop. So what you're doing is you're standing on guard. When you stand on guard like that, you know what it does? It causes a sense that again causes a sense of anxiety, but it also because you're trying to predict those moves, right? It also causes you to have a sense of paranoia because mm-hmm. then you start looking around and saying, "Okay, well, what are they doing?" Somebody can walk up and speak to you and say, "Hey, I hope you have a nice day," and you're like, "Man, they're probably friends with this person. They're just trying to suck me in." Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Mm. Okay, so hatred it can cause restlessness. Um, it can cause obsessive thinking. And this is what I'm seeing with the hate being played out in the political arena right now. Okay. Okay. Um, and, and I'm seeing it even, even with some of the people that are, that are in the streets, regardless of how they are um, protesting. And, I'm seeing, and, I, and it's not that I disagree with the protesting. I'm, I agree with the protesting. But we, we have, if we're going to be honest, if we're going to be honest, we have to look at some things that are going on. I'm not going to get into what my true political views are about what's going on, but I will say this. There is some hatred in those groups. They may not necessarily be a part of Black Lives Matter, but they're out there marching mm-hmm. with Black Lives Matter. That's right. Make no mistake about it. Mm-hmm. Make no mistake. So it's not just these people you see up on TV with the person who has been deemed as the leader of this particular country. It's not just those individuals. Mm-hmm. We can look around us today and see. I looked at the news today and saw... Um, where a, a gentleman shot three people. One was a four-year-old child. Wow. Four years old. Grandmother was trying to escape, and he went over and shot her, too, while she was trying to escape. Oh, my goodness. So that's hate. Yeah. That's hate. Everybody doesn't have mental health issues. Everybody doesn't have Everybody doesn't have that. You know, but, but it can lead to those things. Right. So... So then what happens? Let's look, let's look at this because hate also, see, all those things that I just named, what, it, what that is doing is allowing a breakdown of your nervous system, your immune system, and even your endocrine system. So that affects your mental well-being as well as your physical well-being. People don't understand that about hate. Here, now, here's Donna speaking. Hate clouds your judgment quite a bit. Yep. Yes. Right? It clouds your judgment. It makes your focus very myopic. Because oftentimes you're planning revenge on those that you feel like that have hurt you. So let me step off a little bit to the political part of that. May mm-hmm. I may I do that, Mr. Watson? Please do. <laughs> Come on. Okay. So we're so busy. When I say we, for those of you who don't know, I identify as African American, Black American, whatever is politically correct for you. So here's so here's what happens. We are so angry. And, and a lot of us, as, as, as we should be, we're so angry at some of the things that are going on immediately, we don't see the big picture and the big plan of what's really going on on the outside of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
right. We don't see the okie doke just getting ready to hit us. Man, sit down. Now, here's, here's the issue with the okie doke. How many times does the okie doke have to be pulled before we understand the same type? It's coming with us, coming to us from different people, but the same type of foolishness is coming to us, but we're presenting with the same type of foolishness and expecting something different. How many times does that have to come to us before we say, okay, I get it, I need to change my game plan? Right. Come because, see, what's happening now is that we are so focused on one thing, and some of us are so angry. I can't believe they did this. These people make me sick. They're doing this. They're doing that. They're doing this. That's problematic. Now let, me just, now let me talk about the other side. We have we have a set of people. We have a a we have some leadership. I'm not going to call any names. <clears throat> we have some leadership that's trying to control every aspect of what is going on, all the way down to propaganda, all the way down to he has no problem with harming other people, mm-hmm. has no problem with um, basically zeroing in or honing in on the insecurities and the discomforts that are going on in this country. So. Basically, what has happened is um, the, the hatred has spewed, mm-hmm. tapped, into, tapped into the population, to the sentiments, to the feelings, and, and so the sentiment is spewed. Now, we have a set of people that, that are following some of these people that are in leadership. Mm-hmm. These same people who, who this, this same leadership has talked about these people tremendously in a very negative connotation. It's putting them at risk for their health, but they have such hatred, and this is Donna's opinion, they have such hatred for another group of people that they are willing to believe any type of foolishness as long as they can remember when they were in charge and they could do anything that they wanted to whenever. As long as they see a symbol of that, they're okay. That's mm. Donna's opinion. And then they're gonna but that's the how hatred can blind you yep. to what's good for you. Are you following me so yeah. far? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, when you are blind, when, when you are, when you are, when you have a lot of hatred, you are um, blind to things that are good, things that are proactive, things that are beneficial, because you're simply focused on one thing, one group, one person, whatever it may be. So, you know, that does, that causes you to lose out on a lot of opportunities in your life. It causes you to, it causes you to lose out on, just living your life, it causes you to, uh, to lose out on being proactive for a group of people and setting up a plan and moving forward mm-hmm. so that you may not have to deal with a lot of this foolishness that you may be dealing with right now. And right. you're missing out on sometimes on love because, you know what, a lot, when you're focused on one thing and it's, and it's focused and it's built in hatred, you cannot have positive relationships. They're going to turn toxic or either right. people are going to get tired of you. And then you're also losing out on your freedom because whatever you hate or whomever you hate is taking up rent in your mind. Mm-hmm. You're, they're taking up rent in your mind. Now, that's the one who hates. The one who's being hated, they're moving on about their business and living their life. Man. And it's okay. So you no longer see the larger picture. You remain stagnant in life. And sometimes you become bitter because everybody else seems to pass you or they at least have happy moments. And you're sitting there wondering, why, why me? Why not me? So one of the ways to, to move forward is the first thing, and you, hear me, you, you guys hear me say this a lot, one of the things that you have to do is you have to find out the root cause of your, your anger. Because sometimes it's not based in other people or it's not based in other groups. Sometimes it's all about you. Mm-hmm. And in many instances, it's all about you. Sometimes you're just an envious person. 
okay, and, and that causes you sometimes to hate other people. I see that a lot among siblings. Um, is it a person that you need to, to forgive? Because forgiveness is not for the other person, it's for you. Forgiving does not mean that you forget. Forgiving does not mean that you accept what this person has done to you. Forgiving means that, okay, I see what the situation is. In order for me to move on, then what I have to do is say, I, I, you know, I don't get it. I may not understand it. I accept it. I don't have any hard feelings towards you because whatever's going to come to you, it'll come to you, and I need to move on about my business. Mm -hmm. Forgiveness does not mean acceptance of what happened to you, and I think people get that confused, nor does it mean that you are a punk. So, um, and sometimes you need to forgive yourself. Because sometimes you that's, that's sometimes where that self-hatred comes in, but you want to project it on other people because maybe you've done some things that you aren't proud of. Mm -hmm. You've harmed some people. You've done some of those things. So sometimes you need, to forgive your, you need to forgive yourself. And then here's the other piece. Do you continuously have certain expectations for people, for a group of people or for a person, and, they're, and they have not met them? I've been running into this a lot with people and their parents. They have certain, they've had certain expectations for their parents. The parents have not met the expectations. Well, look, I'm 55. If, if you're 50 years old, 55, and they haven't met them in, in as long as you can remember, 45, 40, I mean 45 or 50, they're not, they're not, they're not, they're not, yep. they're not unless, unless something very drastic happens. So what I say is not to lower your expectations. What I say is to look at what your expectations have been, what have they provided for you. I'm just talking, and this is just an example, look at, where they actually are, and then accept them where they are. You don't have to agree with the behavior, accept them where they are. And if it is behavior that is toxic to you, and, it's, and I've said this before, and if you can't really get rid of them because they're family members, <laughs> then limit your contact with them. Right. And when they, and when they start talking to you like they're crazy, because I know people don't want to be disrespectful, or I know people in our age group don't want to be disrespectful, then just, oh, okay, well, it's time. Okay, well, I understand. It's time for me to go. Right. That's it. That's it. I'm not, don't sit on the phone and be berated. If you still have some friends left, if you still have some friends left after, after you have been hating and been toxic for so long, ask them what's going on. Because here's the thing, whenever you have bad feelings or negative feelings and they last for a long time, the average person is always tense, they're always stressed, and they never feel centered. And it has to be tiring staying on the edge all of the time. Right. And the other thing is to look at who is it that you're really hurting? Who is it that you're, are you really hurting this person by hating them? Right. Who is it that you're really hurting? Because again, you're giving your power to someone else, power and energy that you could be using towards other things that could benefit you and that could help you release some of the frustration, anger, and hatred that you have. Yeah, exactly. So that is all that I have, gentlemen. Thank you very much. You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, and thank, thank you, you for so that. Much. We really needed that sermon. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you turn to John 316. <laughs> <and you> <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we turned to the club. Now we got some music we're going to play. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just messing with you. So, all right. Yeah. I hope you guys have a, uh, I hope you guys have a really good weekend. You too. Um, and thank, thank you for you that so song. Much. And thank you for letting me come on the show. I appreciate it. All right, Definitely. Definitely. Look we forward to having you next week. Okay. Have a great one. All right. Be safe. Be blessed. Mm -hmm. All right, y'all, that was Dr. Seward telling us about the impact of hate. Please listen to her because I know there's a lot of people frustrated with what's going on. Don't let your frustration turn into hate because then you start hurting yourself. Well, not only that, you become one of them. You become one of them. It reminds me of that whenever I kind of get a little hot about something. It's, my thing is this. You know what I'm saying? It's okay to be pissed off. It's okay to be upset. 
it's okay to be all of that. I'm not saying that now. Don't don't let nobody just do you any kind of way. Yeah, but, but I'm saying when you become who they are. Yeah, when you yeah. you 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 adapt that mentality and take mm-hmm. on that type of energy and you do those same things that you're fighting them for, then you're you have become one of them. You're right. Uh, I was told one more time to remind you all that your ballots will get to where they need to get to. The mail people say that there are some mail carriers out there going to make sure your mail-in ballots are going to get to where they need. Don't worry about it. If something happens, there's a some there's some security measures in place. I was told that the Postal Services has put in place and implemented to protect and watch those that do anything other than, do, than to get those ballots where they need to be. Shout out to the to the post office workers as I well. I know, right? You know what I'm doing all this. We, I know we always, man. you know, give a lot of uh, credit to everyone, which you know we appreciate everyone doing their things, but definitely the postal workers because yep. they're still getting that mail Rain, to snow. and from, yep. yeah, and Flood. bringing it. And and a lot of the smaller businesses that are utilizing that as a source of we do income. Want our mail. Yeah, well, I we mean, want that check. We're looking for that check. In the that, not that check. <laughs> that, that check. check. All right, y'all, we got, we, we're going to play a little music here. Uh, we're going to roll right into this next song that Dr. Sewell, I believe, was talking about. We got the live version? Ah, uh, okay. Because okay, I, I, I never heard of it. I, I won't say remember. that I've yeah, I let me just it. Let me, let me, let me uh, hear it. Maybe right, I just y'all. didn't remember the name of the song. Here we go. This is-
I have not heard this song. Have you? I, I did hear it, but not the live version. Yeah. Wow. It seemed like it was so like, personal. Personal. Like she was. She, it was, she, she like, felt that. She left that here for for y'all to listen to. Just in us? that moment. For all of us to listen. For all to. of us. Yeah. That was really good. I tried not to cry. Till I saw that got, funeral when they played um, "I Will Always Love You." Boy, no, your, your boy, your say, boy broke down. I, uh, uh, I, I, I got, couldn't take it. They got me on let the church say amen. I said I can't take it now. That was the last song. That was it. I, yeah. I just, I, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, ain't, I ain't gonna be able. To. Well, we are gonna go out on the high note. We can't take <laughs> Whitney. You can't take us out like that. So we are gonna find uh, this next one, and then we are gonna close it out. I think they got Luther. Well, I don't know what he got out there for, but yeah, let's kick it. Someone, let's kick it back up. Thank you so much, Doctor Sewell, for that song. I really appreciate you telling definitely, us about definitely. that, reminding us about that. I thank you to all three of the doctors. Each week, we look forward to hearing. All of the advice, information, Amen. and updates on everything. We Amen. really, really appreciate y'all. For right. real. What we got, Jerry? And then you're going to take us on that. What we got? All right. Y'all, we're gonna um, let y'all go on out with uh, with our uh, Teddy. And uh, it is so good to be loved when somebody loves you back. I absolutely love that song, it's my that's favorite song. A, that's you, a real do y'all know, thing. Do you know what that feel like Man. when somebody loves you back? 50 50, not 60 40, not 70 30, but a 50 50. Let the church say amen. Hey, and on that note, everybody out there, listen to some good old school love music in your house with your family and create some memories now. Right now. Play right that, now. that. That gives a, seriously, that gives an energy in your home and whatever your family is. Just play that in there and let those good vibrations take place and create some memories and get off your cell phones and social media for just, just a second. We'll see y'all later. This is Alvin. And Edmund. On The Real 1100. Thank you for listening to this special edition of Old Fashioned Health on The Real 1100. We hope the information provided will help in every way possible. For more information, please visit oldfashionedhealth.com. Tune in at this time next week and stay safe.